0: This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Tonight's episode is episode number 43, the 10 most dangerous words. Before we get started, the usual suspects, four items. Number one, this is not an AA meeting. I wouldn't want to be accused not that, I mean, who's going to accuse me, but but I wouldn't want anyone to think that I'm holding myself out as having a one-man AA meeting um, or that it's approved. It's not. It's an act of service. It's a way for you to get some 12 steps, for me to give some 12 steps, for me to give some recovery um, and to get some recovery. And that's that's what it is. I am contemplating having like mini-sodes or or, or – kind of, I don't know, they'd be much shorter, but, um, an episode that is a, more akin to an AA meeting, um, in which maybe I read the 12, uh, the, how it works and, um, you know, a daily reflection and then have a share on it, maybe a meditation moment and then wrap up. And that way, you know, if you really are somewhere and you, you, you know, you just need need to hear someone in the headphones reading how it works. Cool, um, that might work. You know, it, it wouldn't be optimal. And I'm not again, I'm not trying to become AA on my own or anything like that. I'm just trying to serve. And I think, you know, that might be something where, hey, you listened, and and actually, you know, if you shared and maybe maybe sent me a DM or or an email with your share, um, that could be kind of cool. Uh, I'm I'm sure there are better platforms out there that are doing it much more effectively than that. But it was just an idea. We'll keep – stay tuned. Um, Number two, not a mental health professional. Have no medical training whatsoever, no psychological training. Been to a lot of therapy and love it. Uh, But please, um, I definitely encourage you to have your own medical and psychological practice. Number 3 anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles over personalities please protect my anonymity um please don't out me or dox me or uh, you know I'm I'm this is an act of charity I I I promise to those who hate AA or hate humanity or whatever I I, um, this is an act of charity, no commercial gain is whatsoever is associated with this. Um, so I would just ask to be spared from, you know, hacking and uh, attacks of any kind. There's just absolutely no commercial component to this and it is an act of charity. And so I ask that you please preserve my anonymity at all costs and I will clearly do the same for you. Number four. This is, as I said, commercial free. I will not accept nor solicit uh, any kind of funding for this because this is a pure act of charity and service. That's what I want to do, and I hope it is valuable. So on with the show, you know, I was kind of in a funky mood and, and I, um, (laughs) that, that might, my. prelude, my kind of warm-up here, it seems a little bit, you know, sort of, I, I say it's like we're serving up a dish of blackened scold fish, you know, like for the day, <laughs> I'm not scolding, I'm not advice given, I'm not opinion given, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> trying to make sure that I'm not doing any harm here. So today, I'd like to start out with a, just a quote from December 12, which I believe is the date today. Um, and uh, it's from More of the Language of Letting Go by Melody Beatty which is an incredible book and I really encourage everyone to have Language of Letting Go More of the Language of Letting Go and the book Codependent No More fantastic um, resources for those of us uh, struggling and suffering and trudging the road of happy destiny Um, my sponsor actually gave me the book language of letting go. And it was, um, I really, really do appreciate it. So today at the end of her passage, she says, quote, you're richer than you think. And then God help me remember that many ordinary moments when well-lived add up to an extraordinary life. Ordinary moments when well-lived add up to an extraordinary life. And That takes me to the, um, the, the, the title of today's podcast, the 10 most dangerous words. And I'd like to weave this into both our recovery and our, um, and the, and our, 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 our current theme with the, the holidays. So. The 10 most dangerous words, I've heard it said is the eight most dangerous words if you leave out the word other. But for me, it's what will other people say? What will other people think? You know, and you think about it, that it can be the most inspiring words. I mean, in, in a guilt, or really a shame based society, um, there can be a lot of tremendous positive um, uh, benefits to society and to oneself based out of shame. I mean, I'm, I I hate shame. I I, I want to call myself the shame warrior because I spent a lifetime being shamed and have been publicly shamed, privately shamed, um, humiliated, those kinds of things. But, you know, I, I don't want to overdo it to the point where we don't recognize that shame does have uh, the capacity to affect positive change I would say it's negative like you can do something positive with a negative tool but um but the point is is that you know there are good things that come can come out of what other people think what other people say. Let's think of those two things right off the bat. number one is the idea that it's a barometer. You know, like if you're kind of like, hey, what will other people say when they see this? You know, it it, it can kind of be, you know, if if your moral compass or your or your personal barometer, your true north is, you know, is so solid and you are just so dialed in that there's absolutely no way you could ever um, deviate from the righteous path. Well, hey, fuck it. Don't worry about what (laughs) don't worry about what other people think or say at the same time. I mean, you know, you can be like, man, you know, this is going to come off real bad. Maybe, hey, you know, does it need to be said now? Does it need to be said by me? You know, um, so maybe sometimes what other people think or what other people might think can be valuable to just, if you, if you consider it, you know, of, um, of your barometer and likewise, you know, like we're saying, the, the positive aspect is, you know, I think of it in terms of like cowardice, you know, like if, if I'm going to take the cowardly route here, um, what other people think or what other people, you know, if I'm going to do something dishonorable, you know, we always like to, we always like to think of it in terms of like, well, I'm going to fly my flag and I'm going to be me and I'm going to do all this good stuff and fuck what other people think, you know, um, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I like, you know, hey, what if you're doing something that's not legit? What if you're doing something that may be counter to your program? What if you're doing, you know, um, you don't want to live for other people, but the fact that what other people might think about that, you know, you might lose respect. That's a thought that other folks have, you know, and if you're losing the respect of other people, that might be something that's that's ultimately, again, a shame-based kind of, uh, platform or paradigm, but that leads to a positive outcome where you go, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to let my fellow man down. I don't want to let the guy next to me down, my teammate, my brother, my sister, whatever, you know? Um, so that, that, those are two things that come to mind about like where I don't think it's fair to say just across the board, you know, I'm all out of fucks to give about what everybody thinks. You know, okay, well, you know, maybe you need to give a few more fucks about what other people think. There, I said it, okay? Good, those are the two positive things. Now let's talk about really why they're dangerous. Um, you know, shame is so, it's so damaging. I mean, there's so, I see it constantly of people being afraid to ask, for help, because it's like, I'm afraid that you're going to say no, I'm afraid you're going to belittle me. I'm afraid that people are going to hear you know, what, what happens when people hear um, the truth. And um, I tell that story often because I think it, it really does go with the holidays. I mean, think about how much shame is infused in our holidays and our practice and our program. I mean oh my God, you know, it's, it's just, it's a horrible, it's a wonderful, beautiful time of year, but it is a horrible time of year as well. Am I right? I mean, you know, when you're alone, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a quick story. I spent my first sober Thanksgiving alone. Now I wasn't entirely alone that day. And for whatever reason, I think it was my disease, honestly, like I didn't, it never occurred to me to go to a meeting. It never occurred to me to go to an Alcathon. And frankly, I, I'm I'm kind of still wondering why. You know, why I didn't do that. Um But my first sober Thanksgiving I um I went and did hot yoga and I remember um the you know, my my mother, as I say no, I, 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 I say it's like I have two mothers. I have I have my biological mother, um, who abused me, who is still in my life, who I have a relationship with, but it's very difficult, but, um, is an abusive person who harmed me physically and emotionally, um, and, and pretty bad. And, um, and then I had this woman who I consider to be my mother because she loved me without reservation and she never hurt me. Um, and the last few years of her life were, um, consumed with Alzheimer's and, or some sort of disease. And that's a whole different story and chapter about resentments that I have towards the disease and resentments that I have towards her caregivers at the time, resentments I have towards myself for being like, you know, why didn't I do something? Um, but she passed away, um, shortly after my 50th birthday and she was there was not a day of my memory without her in my life um until then so uh you know 50 years she wasn't with me 50 years she was with me 48 um but um my point being that you know i was sitting there in this hot yoga studio And they played Simple Man by um, Leonard Skinner. It was like at the end, it was like, you know, be a simple kind of man. And, um, you know, I just started kind of losing it, you know, because I was like, what the fuck? You know, like I'm in a hot yoga studio alone on Thanksgiving Day my fam my 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 family, even this woman, you know they were all together without me, including my ex, you know they were all up at a big holiday resort, you know drinking, carousing, talking shit about me um or at least that's what I've been told um you know and I'm sitting here just like i'm not i'm not being a simple man, you know i'm not being i'm i've i've let things get so far away from the basic goodness that, you know, I really, that was the time was darkest in my life where it was like, I really just, every single day was a struggle not to kill myself. And, um, you know, yeah. Um, I just, the only thing that I didn't do was I didn't drink, you know, I didn't drink, I didn't use, I just was like, I'm just going to try to put one foot in front of the other and go to meetings and talk to my sponsor. And then that day, my sponsor did have me over for Thanksgiving. And that was pretty incredible. Um, it was just so nice of him. And uh, and then, you know, and then I was alone. And I wish that I just had the foresight. I don't know. You know, I still tell people in the rooms, like, I don't know why I didn't think of going to a meeting, you know. and And they were like, you know, it's just—it's like it's your disease. You know, that's like, hey, don't think about that. But you know, um, having a little coffee here while I'm on my new headset, anyway. And um, so yeah, that was tough, and the holidays suck. You know, I mean, it was just a lot of you know the drama. All the, it's like all the hopes and dreams, all the things you never you never did in life. All the family relationships you think you just wish could be good. And then you just got this lubricant of, I mean, this like putrid toxic lubricant that just accelerates everything. If you're on it, everything's more intense and horrible. If you're off it, it's like you're disconnected from everybody, you know, who's drinking around. It's just anyway. This is not the direction that I wanted this podcast to go is you know a, a, cry, a cry fest, a wine fest about a uh, uh, wine and cheese party about uh, uh, the holidays. but no and so 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 you know, as we're sitting here and we're thinking about these concepts, you know, we think about, what other people how they behave what, you know we what, what we want from others you know what we want is support we want someone to tell you that's a good idea you know but we're also so shame based we're we're a, you know it's just a complicated mess so um so here we are you know here we are again we're in the holidays we're in the thick of it and I am at another crossroads of my life a crossroads that really probably began in 2011 and you know i've i've shared about this but my best friend and i just you know i was telling him how we were in a little town in central north carolina called pinehurst and um and we were drunk and i was sharing with him you know how far off my life had kind of gotten and he was just like you know, really sad for me and we were giving me some advice, whatever. And a year later he was dead. And that's when the avalanche really just all of the ice started to fall. And I fell into that giant crevice, crevasse. Anyway, and um and you know, he died on May thirty first, two thousand twelve. And by December of two thousand thirteen I had really blown up my life. And, um, you know, I moved out of the house in February, 2014 and just, it was miserable. And then about a year later, um, I, you know, I've, I've shared about, I'm not trying to give my logs, but it's like, I came into the rooms and it did not get immediately better, but what it stopped doing was it, it, it stopped getting a lot worse. You know, that it, it, does that make sense? that you know it it didn't get better right away they did one like oh yeah now there's money in the bank and people love me and I'm not a douchebag you know no it was more just like i stopped i stopped piling on the bad stuff and the and the the the, the shame inducing behavior and the and the depressants that alcohol represents and all that i mean yeah and um and so you know now um, over the past almost five years of sobriety, um, you know, I've made a lot of changes in my life and I've, I've, I have cold, it's been an elimination diet of more than just alcohol and drugs or, you know, bad decisions. It's been an elimination diet of people who cause drama or stress, uh, who are not, really who, who, who don't belong in my life, you know, and, 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 and things, and that includes ways of life and that includes ways of living. Um, and so last spring, um, I I had yet another, you know, sort of, there was just this unending clash that would, it would, it would be on almost like a quarterly basis. Um, I would get threatened by my ex-wife and her lawyer and I'm not going to, I'm not going to divulge the terms of my divorce or anything like that other than to say that they got everything. I gave them everything. I, and, and beyond. And, and it was just, it, it it was just like this, you know, this thing where it was like, they just kept fucking with me. Basically we want more, we want more. And there's, you know, I'm sending a giant check every month. It's, it's just, you know, and and so, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to whine too much. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get to this point where I want everybody to be focused on for the holidays. A little toolkit here is that, you know, I was like enough. And I finally was able to put together a, a, an arrangement that ended that relationship and those obligations forever. And I called that person out of my life. Almost entirely. I mean, still the mother of my children. I still have to exchange, you know, less than a half a dozen emails a year. Um, might have to see this person once more, um, once or twice more in the next five years. And frankly, for me, that's once or twice too many. Um, I, I I don't ever want to see that person again um, after what they did to me. But um, um. Wow, getting negative. But my point being, so then I went to Italy, and when I came back, and this is this is the part, is it is it, you know, I I was having these deep soul searching moments. Fifty two years old. Uh, my grandfather died in court at fifty two. You know, somewhere around that age, and 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 I just started to realize that, you know, my program. And the way I wanted to be and the life I want to live are inconsistent with the life that I'm living. Now, I'm not drinking, not not being, a you know, going out or, or not working my program, totally. But just the particular field of practice that I was in um, of civil litigation, representing insurance companies and these big, high-profile, high-stakes cases, it just— yeah, I was very good at it, and I was very successful at it, but, you know, it um, it eroded. It, it was just, like, eating inside me. And, and I think a, a lot of this is kind of, you know, this is what I mean about the dangerous words. Is like, you know, I can tell you my truth. I can say what my truth is, or I can say what I think other people will say about my truth, and I can then temper it and be like, well, I know people are going to say, hmm. See what I'm saying? So here are the two things that I want to focus on for the rest of this podcast. And then, you know, um, this toolkit, I'm trying to get content out every day or thereabouts to, to really kind of get get the message out uh, through the holidays. But here's here's what I want you to think about. You know. If I, it, <laughs> I, I you know, if I punch you in the face. And it, I, I don't really swing that hard, and I don't really try to hurt you, whatever. But I knock you out, you know. Um, you know, you every person's got this little one inch little spot on their chin that um, can be touched, and once it's touched, it can knock you out, you know. And 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 maybe you've got a big, you've got a good jaw or whatever, and you can take a bunch of punches. Maybe you just get hit one time, and boom, you're down, you know. But the thing is, is it like if i knock you out and you come to you know it's it's like you know think about it when you're when you're trying to speak your truth like i got knocked out i got punched you know i got hurt you know there there's this idea that like well people would say that like you really wasn't swinging that hard people will say that you know it didn't look that bad to me you know you know what i'm saying and so so it's like this idea that somehow your truth and the truth is is has got to come through this lens of what other people say or what other people think you know that that if that car was speeding you know you saw it and it was speeding does it matter that someone else says it wasn't speeding does it matter That's someone else. And this gets into gaslighting. It gets into narcissism. It gets into all kinds of like we in the program, you know, we start to get to a place where we don't trust our own judgment. We don't trust our own eyes. We don't trust what we see. You know, they're like, don't, don't believe everything you see or hear, you know, on the internet, you know, this or that. But, but, you know, you get to the point where you're like, I don't, I don't even know, you know, I, I don't trust my feelings because i'm a drunk i don't trust my my intuition or anything because everybody's told me i'm a bad guy you know all this and and, and you're just like i don't know what to feel you know all i know is that like i was i was standing there and i was conscious and the next thing i know i'm on my butt and i'm unconscious and i'm coming to does that mean i didn't get knocked out because you say i wasn't hit hard you see what i'm saying so it's like that lens, this is one of the first negatives of it, this lens of other people thinking and saying that somehow your truth is not your truth or not the truth unless it is filtered through someone else who approves it or ratifies it or validates it. That's just, that. that is, that is a false narrative that is gaslighting. That's why other people saying, other people thinking is very dangerous. You know, it's like you weren't abused as a child. What you were was just a corporal punishment of a more uh, intense style, you know, enhanced interrogation techniques. You know, this gets into a lot of – we could go down a huge rabbit hole about language. You know, it's like, okay, so um, if a fist hits me in the face and it's a parent and I'm a nine year old boy. Um, it, it, it does it matter what other people think or say? Does it matter if the person who's doing it was like, well, I was just you know really angry at you, you know, or I, you know, and see, that's what I'm saying. That was one of my biggest problems with my recovery, with my my path, with my therapy, with everything. Was I was I was consumed with would other people call it child abuse you know um the and the truth is, is 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 I've never met a person other than the abuser who thought it was anything other than child abuse that's what's so ironic about it is in my head I was kind of like well they will say it was you know because the because the other person who was my caregiver was my father would say constantly she loves you she loves you she loves you Oh, she loves you. Oh, come on now. She loves you. It's not, you know, give it over it, you know, this and that. And, um, and it's like, oh, you know, I just beat your face in, but she loves you. You know, it's like, um, and, and my point was that, you know, name it and tame it, you know, and, and it's, and it's, you have to name it. You have to name it. Did it hurt? Did then, then it doesn't matter. If someone tells you like, well, you know, they weren't swinging that hard, but they knocked you out. You got knocked out, you know? It's why we turn to drugs and alcohol and things like that and the try to solve that trauma because it's like, you know, we can't figure it out on our own or why we turn to, you know, extreme sports or extreme risk-taking or aggressive professions like civil litigate, like trials. You know, these incredibly intense environment and things that you're doing, you know, for, um, you know, a lot of reasons that are not your own truth. And so what will other people think? What will other people say? You know, was I abused as a child? Well, what would other people say? And it's like, you know, y- your disease, your trauma, your you know, these things that are in there trying to protect itself you know it 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 tells you well well they won't say it was trauma abuse and it wasn't you know because you know and so until you're finally able to sit with you know in a safe space with yourself really and with someone else and to say you know um yeah you know uh um you were abused you know and and that's a crazy thing, you know, that think about that, you know, that, that it's, it's like, I'm, I'm sh- there's so much that's been written about this where it's like, it's like the devil, you know, like the, you know, like in the usual suspects, it's like the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people he didn't exist, you know? And it's like, that's your own mind is convincing you. It didn't happen being gaslit, gaslighting yourself through the gaslighting of others where it's like other people, you know, it's just what other people say oh, come on, she loves you, oh, come on, it didn't hurt, oh, get up, get up, you baby, oh, whatever, you know? And you're like, well, you know, there's a there's a story that I tell it almost, I, I probably, y'all are tired of hearing about it, but about the doctor, famous surgeon in New Orleans who choked to death, um, you know, at a doctor's dinner with like a, I, I picture this like black tie awards dinner kind of thing, and the guy like, it's like, doesn't want to make a noise, so gets up, walks to the bathroom, and chokes to death in front of or within 10 feet of 100 surgeons who could save his life and you think wow that's a powerful thing shame because it's like you know i don't want what other people what will other people say you're the doctor who threw up in front of everybody oh my god you know fuck it's crazy all right so let's go to part two of this thing and 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 not belabor the point um which I'm, I am, I, they might as well name me belaborer. Anyway, I belabor, I, I rabbit hole. Anyway, um, I'm making verbs up too. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's that part where, you know, you're not living your best life. You know, you're richer than you think. God help me remember that many ordinary moments when well lived add up to an extraordinary life. What will other people, you know, it's God help me remember, not God help other people remember and then say those things to me. You're richer than you think, not you're richer than other people think. You're, you know, other people think you're richer than you are. You know, no, that's the thing is, 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 and that's where my crossroads is right now. This holiday is like, you know, I've gotten a lot of, I can't believe you're retiring from this amazing practice you had I can't believe you're walking away from it you know I saw the thing about that quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts luck you know he's like probably in his late 20s or something and he's like this great you know hall of fame career to be but it hasn't quite happened but it's just like I can't do it anymore you know and then I saw that that Gronkowski guy is like 29 years old and he sounds punch drunk you know and he's like I can't do it anymore You know, people go, well, you're you're so good, you could win another Super Bowl. What will other people say? Oh, my God, you know, oh, you're a quitter. You know, what will other people think? And so there is a time and a place for everything of what will other people think and say in terms of, like, when you're about to do something that could harm other people or that is shame-inducing or dishonorable or things. You know, hey, you know, like, uh, societal norms are good. But, for the most part, for us in the program, what other people think, fuck them. You know what I mean? You know it doesn't matter if other people in the rooms are tired of hearing you uh share share anyway. It doesn't matter if you relapsed and and you're like, "Um oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to go pick up a white chip. Fuck that. Why are you embarrassed? The program works go go pick up the white chip, fuck what I think, fuck advice giving, fuck opinionated opinion giving. Sorry to be cursing so much, but I'm obviously getting excited about this. But that's the point, is if you're worried about what will all the other people in this room, all these other drunks who I don't even know their last name, you know, these anonymous drunks, most of whom are probably not, you're never going to see again, you know, what will they think if I pick up a white chip? I've got all these years, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I was sober and I went out. Oh, what will they think? What will they say? I won't be a leader in the community. Well, you're, you know what? You went out. Pick up a white chip. Fly your flag. You know? What will other people think? It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people say. It's none of our business. You know? That's why, you know, that's the thing is those people as a collective or this like amorphous sort of negative, uh, um, what was that thing? The matrix, you know, the matrix out there. It's like, you know, it's like, would any really individual person really be like, you know, I I don't think you should retire. I don't think you should pick up a white chip. Think about that. Don't do it. Yeah. They're going to be one or two people out there, but most of them individually would be like, fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. Oh my God! You pick up a white chip. Yes, we're so glad you're back. You know, um, but it's this collective kind of like gossip. You know, I mean, God, think about how how toxic gossip is. It's it's like it's like what will other people think manifested in a in a being, and um, and so you know, I really want to I want to just name it and tame it. I'm having a lot of these insecurities and fears and anxieties because I'm worried about what other people will think and what other people will say about me closing down my law firm and saying, you know what, I'm done. I mean, I've done that. I've done that. I fired all my clients at the end of September. I told them all. I told the good ones, it's been nice knowing you. I told the bad ones, they can go fuck themselves. You know, but at the end of the day, it was time to walk away from this. It was not healthy for me. It was not. I didn't. I didn't respect myself. I didn't respect. You know, it was just so. It it was so. You know, I I don't want to get into it too much because I I'll it will be a wine and cheese party, and also I just want to maintain my confidentiality and and things like that. So, you know, all I can say is that, you know there's it's like there it's like in the movies you know where where it's like once upon a time you were this fresh-faced soldier you know and you're like believing in the cause and then you know 25 years later you're just like this is the wrong war you know and um and i think lieutenant colonel or colonel david hackworth talks about this in the book about face Um, where it's like Vietnam, you know, where he's like, look, I served in World War II, Korea, you know, like this is, uh, this is not the right way to go. So, um, where does this leave us? What will other people think? What will other people say? You know, those are the most dangerous words in our lexicon because they prevent you from naming the truth, from identifying, from being, from, 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 from honoring the truth you know think about that that was my point one was the lens am i an alcoholic well other people say i don't drink that much you know okay well you know <laughs> no it's it's your truth and then the second part is it you know that that proudly honoring an extraordinary life an extraordinary ordinary life you know proudly honoring that when, you, when it's what will other people think, what will other people say, then then it's like it's it's only ordinary if they say so. It's only extraordinary if they say so. And that's the problem because what you end up doing is not honoring your truth, not following your path. Don't let that happen. Especially don't let it take you down this holiday season. You know, what will other people think? I was hoping you would be the president of the United States by now, you know, (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I was told how, how, you know, by the same person. I, you know, I would be told like, I'm funny looking, I'm all this, but at the same time, you're so pretty, you're so handsome, you know, you should be on TV. Like all these things that like, because you're not Tom fucking Brokaw or George fucking Clooney in an actor, you know, you're just a, you know, a very successful trial lawyer, you know, that, that you're some kind of goddamn failure or whatever. And I know that is not unique to me, you know, but it's like this idea that it's like, you you know, what will other people think? What will other people say? And it's like, You know, you start thinking like, well, I don't, that, 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 that bottle puts that cotton in your ears and the marbles in your mouth. So what, what they say and that you just can't think, you can't hear it. No, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to find your truth and stay sober, a sober, loving, wholehearted, serene truth. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, if it is your will, please help me and all those sick and suffering inside and outside the rooms. Please help us to name and tame our disease, our anxieties, but also to find and honor and nurture our truth. Our truth, your truth, God, not other people's truths, not other people's versions of our truth, not other people's thoughts and sayings about our truth. Help us to ignore that. Help us to cleanse our truth from the lens of other people's truths or or editorial of our truth. In your name, amen.